0: This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I will stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe through this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions. I would like some help. Let us begin. Last episode, we saw the death of John of Gaunt, his great uh, speech, his patriotic speech on England, and the uh, the beginnings of the revolt against king richard so when you pick up now act two scene two of richard Second. enter the queen bushy and bagot bushy madam your majesty is too much sad you promised when you parted with the king to lay aside life harming heaviness and entertain a cheerful disposition that is a uh, Bushy, i suppose as a courtier is telling the, the queen to cheer up queen to please the king i did to please myself i cannot do it Yet I know no cause why I should welcome such a guest as grief, save bidding farewell to so sweet a guest as my sweet Richard. Yet again, methinks, an un- unborn sorrow ripe in fortune's womb is coming towards me, and my inward soul with nothing trembles, as something agrees much more than parting from my lord the king. So the queen is, uh, is uneasy, and she feels that some disaster is coming, bushy. Each substance of a grief hath twenty shadows, which shows like grief itself, but it is not so. For sorrow's eyes, glazed with blinding tears, divides one thing entire to many objects, like perspectives, which rightly gazed upon, show nothing but confusion, eyed array, distinguished form. So your sweet majesty, looking awry upon your lord's departure, finds shapes of grief more than himself to wail. Which looked on as it is, is naught but shadows of what it is not. Then, thrice gracious Queen, more than your Lord's departure, weep not, more is not seen. Or if it be, tis with false sorrow's eye, which was for things true weeps things imaginary. So, Bushy is saying, uh, uh, You're just finding portents because you're sad, because you're t- departed from Richard, who's gone off to his Irish wars. Queen, it may be so, but yet my inward soul persuades me it is otherwise. However it be, I cannot but be sad, so heavy sad as thought on thinking on no thought I think. Makes me with having nothing faint and shrink. Tis nothing but conceit, my gracious lady. Tis nothing less. Conceit is still derived from some forefather grief. Mine is not so. For nothing hath begot my sometime grief, or something hath nothing that I grieve. Tis in reversion that I do possess, but what it is that is not yet known, what I cannot name. Tis nameless woe I walked, I walked is to know. Uh, sort of circular reasoning here. Um, not all that great poetry either. Enter Green. Green, God save your Majesty and well met, gentlemen. I hope the King is not yet shipped for Ireland. Queen, why hopes so? thou? Tis better hope he is, for his designs crave haste. His haste, good hope. Then wherefore dost thou hope he is not shipped? Uh, shipped there is to leave for. Green, that he our hope might have retired his power and driven into despair an enemy's hope. Who strongly has set footing in this land? The banished Bolingbroke repeals repeals himself, and with uplifted arms is safe arrived at Ravenspur. Okay, so Bolingbroke has landed. He repeals himself. Uh, That is, uh, he's taking back his his titles uh, and repeals himself. Um, That also could be a reference to that um, he's sort of confirming the banishment and that um, he's repealing his banishment by coming back, also uh, repeals himself in his titles because he's proven himself a traitor. Now, it could be several meanings there, Queen. Now, God in heaven forbid, Green. ah, madam, tis too true. And that is worse, the Lord Northumberland, his son, young Harry Percy. We're gonna hear a lot more of, of Henry Percy in the, uh, in the forthcoming plays. The lords of Ross, Beaumont, and Willoughby, with all their powerful friends, are fled to him. Bushy. Why have you not proclaimed Northumberland and all the rest revolted faction traitors? We have, whereupon the Earl of Worcester hath broke his staff, resigned his stewardship, and all the household servants fled with him to Bolingbroke. This doesn't look too good for Richard. Queen. So Green, thou art midwife to my woe, and Bolingbroke my sorrow's dismal heir, for hath my soul brought forth her prodigy, and I, a gasping new delivered mother, have woe to woe, sorrow to sorrow joined. Okay, so she compares the news to a woman giving birth. Uh, bushy, despair not, madam. Queen, who shall hinder me? I will despair and be at enmity with cozening hope. Okay, cozening is, uh, is to cheat something. So she's saying that hope is just a, a cheating uh, matter. It's, she's all doom and gloom at this point. He is a flatterer, that is hope, is a flatterer, a parasite, a keeper back of death, who gently would dissolve the bands of life, which false hope lingers in extremity in her York. Here comes the Duke of York, Queen, with sighs of war about his aged neck. Oh, full of careful business are his looks. Uncle, for God's sake, speak comfortable words. What should I do so? I should be what belie my thoughts. Comforts in heaven, and we are on the earth where nothing lives but crosses, cares, and grief. Your husband, he is gone to save far off, whilst others comes to make him lose at home. Here am I, left to underprop his land, who, weak with age, cannot support myself. Now comes the sick hour that his surfeit made. Now shall he try his friends that flattered him. The sick hour um, that surfeit made. the idea being there i suppose that he that he flattered all his friends and now he's going to have to call upon them uh, won't work though enter a serving man my lord your son was gone before i came york he was well so go all which way it will the nobles they are fled the commons they are cold that is the people aren't going to support uh richard either and will i fear revolt on hereford's side syrah get thee to plashy to my sister gloucester her send me presently a thousand pound. Hold, take my ring. Uh, that's uh, so that uh, the sister would know it was him. Serving man. My lord, I had forgot to tell your lordship. Today as I came by, I call it there. But I shall grieve you to report the rest. What is it, knave? An hour before I came, the duchess died. God, for his mercy, what a tide of woes comes rushing on this woeful land at once. Yeah, indeed, Shakespeare just seems to be piling all the news in with these scenes, almost getting through them in post haste uh, to get to uh, other matters that he spends more time on. I know not what to do, I would to God, so my untruth had not provoked him to it. The king has cut off my head with my brothers. What, are there no post dispatched for Ireland? How shall we do for money for these wars? Come, sister, cousin, I would say, pray pardon me. Go, fellow, get thee home. Provide some carts and bring away the armor that is there. So he's doing what he can to prepare for war, just uh, putting armor in uh, in carts. Serving man exits. Gentlemen, will you go muster men? If I know how or which way to order these affairs, thus disorderly thrust into my hands. Never believe me. Both are my kinsmen. To one is my sovereign, whom both my oath and duty bid defends, the other again is my kinsman, whom the king hath wronged, whom conscience and my kindred bids to write. Well, somewhat what we, somewhat we must do, to Queen. Come, cousin, I'll dispose of you. Gentlemen, go muster up your men, and meet me presently at Berkeley. I should deplash ye too, but time will not permit. All is uneven, and everything is left. It's six and seven. Okay, that's a somewhat um, still current expression that everything is six and sevens. So that means it's all mixed up. I'm not sure the original uh, use of the phrase, but here it is. Okay, Duke of York and Queen exit, Bushy Green and Bagot remain. Bushy, the wind sits fair for news to go for Ireland, but none returns. For us to levy power proportionate to the enemy is all impossible. Okay, he used the word "impossible." there. We would say impossible. And what he's saying is they haven't got the means to be able to uh, raise forces as much as Bolingbroke has got. Green, besides our nearness to the king in love is near the hate of those that love not the king. So uh, Bushy and Green seem to be fearful what's going to happen because it looks like the revolt is going to succeed. Baggot. and that is the wavering commons for the love lies in their purses, And whoso empties them, by so much fills their heart with deadly hate. So the the commons, uh, they were actually pretty rich people. Uh, They weren't what we would think of as common people. They were sometimes a landed gentry, they were called. And it was just uh, what Baggett's saying here is that uh, they're mad at anybody who taxes them, who who empties their purses. And uh, if they empty their purse, they get filled with hatred. Bushy, wherein the king stands generally condemned. Bagot, if judgment lie in them, then so do we, because we have ever been near the king. Green, well, I well, I will for refuge straight to Bristow Castle. The Earl of Woodshire is already there. Thither will I with you, for little office with a hateful commons perform for us, Except like curs, to te- tear us all to pieces, and so like dogs, are going to the commons. Um, that is, the gentlemen are, aren't going to stand when they're going to tear into pieces because they didn't like the taxation that they were putting on them on behalf of Richard. Will you go along with us, Bagot? No, I will to Ireland to His Majesty. Farewell. If heart's presages be not vain, we three here part that ne'er shall meet again. So Bagot thinks they're never going to see each other again. But she, that's as York thrives to beat back Bolingbroke. Alas, poor Duke, Duke! the task he undertakes is numbering sands and drinking oceans dry. Okay, so he's, uh, he'd be just as likely um, to stop Bolingbroke as it is if he could number, if he could count all the grains of sand or drink an ocean dry. Where one on his side, fight, side fights, thousands will fly. Farewell at once, for once, for all and ever. Well, we may meet again. I fear me never. They exit. Okay, Act two, scene three. We get to see Bolingbroke in his revolt now. Enter Bolingbroke, Duke of Hereford and Northumberland. Okay, uh Northumberland, that is in, as the name indicates, the north of England. He's the the Duke of, of Northumberland. Uh, Bolingbroke. How far is it, my lord, to Berkeley now, Northumberland? Believe me, noble lord, I am stranger here in Gloucestershire. These high wild hills and rough unweaven ways draw at our miles and makes them wearisome, and yet your fair discourse hath been as sugar, making the hard way sweet and delectable. But I bethink me what a weary way from Ravensburg to Cotswold will be found, in Ross and Willoughby, waiting your company, wanting your company, which I protest hath been hath very much beguiled the tediness and process of my travel. But theirs is sweetened with the hope to have the present benefit which I possess, And hope to joy is little less in joy than hope enjoyed. By this, the weary Lord shall make their ways seem short, as mine hath done. By sight of what I have, your noble company. So uh, Northumberland is uh, leaving no stone unturned there and flattering Bolingbroke, all the sweet phrases. Um, He's already being a courtier. He uh, obviously believes that, that Bolingbroke will be king. And so he's starting his flattery now. Bolingbroke. Of much less value is my company than your good words. But who comes here? Enter Harry Percy, who we will get to know well over the next two plays. Northumberland, it is my son, young Harry Percy, sent from my brother Worcester. Whence soever, Harry, how fares your uncle? Percy, I had thought my lord to have learned his health of you. In other words, he didn't know. Northumberland, why is he not with the queen, Percy? No, my good lord, he hath forsook the court, broken his staff of office, and dispersed the household of the king. Northumberland, what was his reason? He was not so resolved when last we spoke together. Uh, because your lordship was proclaimed traitor, but he, my lord, is gone to Ravenspur to offer service to the Duke of Hereford and bids me over by Berkeley to discover what power the Duke of York hath levied there. Then, with directions to her spirit, repair to Ravenspur. Uh, Northumberland, have you forgot the Duke of Hereford, boy? Because, yeah, indeed, uh, Percy was talking about Hereford like he wasn't there. Percy, no, my good lord, for that is not forgot, which ne'er I did remember. To my knowledge, I never in my life did look on him. So, Percy's saying, I didn't forget him because I never met him. Of course, he's right there. Northumberland, then learn to know him now. This is the Duke. Percy de Bolland wrote, My gracious Lord, I tender you my service, such as it is, being tender, raw, and young, which elder days shall ripen and confirm the more approved service and desert. Bolingbroke, I thank thee, gentle Percy, and be sure I count myself in nothing else so happy, as in a soul remembering my good friends, and as my fortune ripens with thy love, it shall be still thy true love's recompense. My heart this covenant makes, my hand thus seals it. Gives Percy his hand. So. Um, Bloomberg is making promises, um, here to, uh, to Percy and his father that, um, he's going to remember them, um, true love's recompense. So, uh, he's hinting that he's going to give them rewards. Northumberland to Percy. How far is it to Berkeley and what stir keeps good old York there with his men of war? Percy there stands the castle by yon tuft of trees. Man with three hundred men, as I have heard, and in it are the Dukes of York, Berkeley, and Seymour. None else of name and noble estimate. Enter Ross and Willoughby. Here comes the lords of Ross and Willoughby, bloody with spurring, fiery red with haste. bolingbroke Welcome, my lords, I watch your love pursues a banished traitor. All my treasure is yet but unfelt thanks which more enriched shall be your love and labor's recompense. Again, we have the appearance of the word recompense there. And he's uh, he's giving uh, persu- he's giving uh, them promises. Uh, and he says, I, I walt that as I know your love pursues a banished traitor. So he refers to himself as a banished traitor. Could be a little bit of a double meaning there, though, that he might be uh, already calling Richard, the true king, a traitor. Uh, that he's in Ireland right now. Ross, your presence makes us rich, most noble Lord. Okay, notice again, uh, they're all talking about money and rewards at this point, uh, Willoughby, and far surmounts our labor to attain it. Okay, they're all acting uh, like courtiers here, Bolingbroke. Evermore thanks the exchequer of the poor. That's the treasury um, um, in the, uh, The treasurer in, uh, well, today in England, the prime minister, his official title is like first lord of the treasury, but the real treasury uh, minister is called the chancellor of the exchequer. That was like the king's purse. Evermore thanks the exchequer of the poor, which till my infant fortune comes to years stands for my bounty. But who comes here? Enter Berkeley. It is my lord of Berkeley, as I guess. Berkeley to Bolingbroke, my Lord of Herod, my message is to you, Bolingbroke, my Lord, my answer is to Lancaster. I am come to seek that name in England, and I must find that title in your tongue before I make reply to what you say. Um, Okay, I think he's looking for his... uh, uh, Lancaster was his father, John of, John of Gaunt, and Berkeley saying, uh, Berkeley called him the Lord of Hereford, and Bolingbroke saying, uh, why Are you going to give me my title? So legally, or I guess in, in even though obviously Bolingbroke is now beyond just recovering his title with all the promises he's giving out, um, he's saying here um, to Berkeley. I guess he assumes is as a is a messenger from Richard that he wants his title of Lancaster, the Duke of Lancaster. Berkeley. Mistake me, my lord, does not my meaning to raise one's title of honor out to you, my lord, I come. What lord you will from the most gracious regent of this land, the Duke of York, to know what pricks you on to take advantage of the absent time and and fright our native peace with self-born arms. Okay, so um, he's trying to determine whether York York is trying to determine which side to be on. Right. I shall not need. Tra- I shall not need transport my words by you, because so York is there, and uh, and so the messenger from York is no longer necessary. Here comes his grace in person. Okay, Bolingbroke knee- kneels to York, my noble uncle. York, show me thy humble heart and not thy knee, whose duty is deceivable and false. Okay, so uh, York is. Um, Ask him to be true with him. Humble heart and show him a humble heart and, uh, and don't bow down. Um, show the knee. And this, If you go down on one knee, one knee will be put forward. The other knee will be put forward. Whose duty is deceivable and false. Blenberg standing. My gracious uncle, your tut tut. Grace me no grace, nor uncle me no uncle. I am no traitor's uncle. And that word grace in an ungracious mouth is but profane. Why have those banished and forbidden legs dared once to touch a dust of England's ground? But then, more, why? Why have they dared to march so many miles upon her peaceful bosom, fright, frightening, frighting her pale-faced villages with war and ostentation of despised arms? Comest thou because the anointed king is hence? My foolish boy, the king is left behind, and in my loyal bosom lies his power. Were I but now, but now, Lord, of such hot youth as when brave Gaunt, thy father, and myself, rescued the Black Pent Prince, that young Mars of men, from forth the ranks of many thousand French. Oh, then how quickly should this arm of mine, now prisoner to the palsy, chasten thee, chastise thee, and minister correction to thy fault? So uh, York is not very happy that Bolingbroke has come, and he calls him a traitor. And he says, you know, why are you disturbing the peace? Why are you touching on England's ground? And um, and he's saying, you think the anointed king, Richard, is gone? He said, no, the king is left behind. And he, York, is going to be lo- loyal. And in his own body is where the real power of the king, or his, some of the king's power lies. Um, and he also says, he, he calls on... Um, uh, the the kinship here and reminds him that he and his father, John, John of Gaunt uh, fought together in the Hundred Years War against France and rescued the Black Prince. um, That's Edward, uh, who died young um, and was a common and common uh, father, I think, of some of these people uh, and called him that young Mars of men. And then they rescued him when he was uh, stranded among the French army. Uh, now, prisoner to that, to that palsy. So he's old and palsy. That is, his hands are shaken. And so he doesn't have the personal power to be able to uh, personally uh, punish Bolingbroke. Bolingbroke, my gracious uncle, let me know my fault. On what condition stands it and we're in? York, even in condition of the worst degree, in gross rebellion and detested treason, thou art a banished man and here art come before the expiration of thy time. In braving arms against thy sovereign, Bolingbroke. As I was banished, I was banished, Hereford. But I, as I come, I come for Lancaster. Okay, that's what he's saying. He has a little legal quibble here. He's saying, oh, look, I was the Duke of Hereford when I was banished. And now I'm the Duke of Lancaster, so I can come back. And noble uncle, I beseech your grace. Look on my wrongs with an indifferent eye. Um, uh, that is, uh, don't be so... Uh, in much in cause indifference here. Um, he's, he's asking them to be more um, impartial, if you will. You are my uncle, for me, methinks in you, I see all gone to Oh, then my father, will you permit that I shall stand condemned, a wandering vagabond, my rights and royalties plucked from my arms perforce and given away to upstart unthrifts. Okay, the upstart unthrifts, um, that would be the favorites who fled earlier. And unthrifts, that means they, uh, they spend a lot of money. Wherefore was I born? If that my cousin king be king in England, it must be granted I am Duke of Lancaster. You have a son, Almero, my noble cousin. Had you first died and he been thus tried down, he should have found his uncle gone to father to rouse his wrongs and chase him to the bay. I am denied to sue my livery here, okay, to sue my livery. The livery was what the, uh, the nobles wore and that um, uh, he should have the right to do it. So he's suing to get his livery back. And yet my letters, patents give me leave. Um, letters, patent are his, uh, his legal rights, the documents. My father's goods are all distrained and so- sold. And these and all are all amiss employed. What would you have me do? I am a subject and I challenge law. Attorneys are denied me and therefore personally, I lay my claim to my inheritance of free descent. Um, interesting here that Bolingbroke seems to be saying, look, I didn't have any remedy at law, so I'm gonna do it by arms. Almost like the trial at combat that, uh, that began the play, North to York, the noble Duke hath been too much abused. Ross to York, stands your grace upon to do him right. Willoughby to York, Base men by his endowments are made great. York. So everyone's urging York to, to join with Bolingbroke. My lords of England, let me tell you this. I have had feeling of my cousin's wrongs and labored all I could to do him right. But in this kind to come in braving arms, be his own carver and cut out his way to find out right with wrong. It may not be. So what he says, uh, York says, is that uh, Bolingbroke is trying to find out right with wrong. Uh, that is his revolt. And you that do him a abet in this kind cherish rebellion and are all rebels and are rebels all Northumberland. The noble Duke has sworn his coming is but for his own. And for the right of that, we have all strongly sworn to give him aid and let him never see joy that breaks that oath. York Well, well, I see the issue of these arms. I cannot mend it. I must needs confess because my power is weak and all ill left. So he just goes ahead and tells me, I don't have power to stop you. But if I could, by him that gave me life, and him is capitalized, so that's a reference to God or Christ. uh, By him that gave me life, I would attach you all and make you stoop into the sovereign mercy of the king. But since I cannot be it known unto you, I do remain as neuter. Um... So he has no power. So fare you well, unless you please to enter in the castle and there repose you for the, for this night. So he, he invites them into his castle anyway, just let us know he can't stop them. Bolingbroke, an offer, uncle, that we will accept. But we must win your grace to go with us to Bristow Castle, which they say is held by Bushy Bagot and their compli- complices, complices. That's the, uh, those who are compliant in their uh, resistance of Bolingbroke. The caterpillars of the Commonwealth, which I have sworn to weed and pluck away. So he calls the, the king's favorites uh, caterpillars, that is uh, uh, something that feeds on crops. Huh? A little alliteration there, too, and caterpillars of the Commonwealth. Um, so he's going to weed those caterpillars out and pluck away. York, it may be I will go with you, but yet I'll pause, for I am loath to break our country's laws. Nor friends nor foes to me, welcome you are. Things past redress are now with me past care. Um, so uh, he's going to try to maintain his neutrality so because he doesn't want to break the law. They're not friends or foes to him. So we got a couple minutes more. We'll start scene four. Enter Earl of Salisbury and a Welsh captain. Welsh captain. And I'm not going to try to do a Welsh accent. My lord of Salisbury, we have stayed ten days and hardly kept our countrymen together. and Yet we hear no tidings from the king. Therefore, we will disperse ourselves farewell. So Richard had uh, Welsh uh, who were helping him out. The Welsh were re- well known as uh, being great archers, bowmen. Salisbury. Stay yet another day, thou trusty Welshman. The king reposes all his confidence in thee, Welsh captain. To sought the king is dead. We will not stay. The bay trees in our country are all withered, and meteors fright the fixed stars of heaven. The pale-faced moon looks bloody on the earth, and lean-look prophets whisper fearful change. Rich men look sad, and ruffian's dance and leap, the one in fear to lose what they enjoy, the other to enjoy by rage and war. These signs forerun the death or fall of kings. Farewell. Our countrymen are gone and fled, as well assured Richard their king is dead. So the captain of the Welsh um, says that they all think he's dead and there are all these horrible portents in the sky showing a death or a fall of kings. He exits. Salisbury. Ah, Richard, with the eyes of heavy mind, I see thy glory like a shooting star. Fall to the base earth from the firmament. Okay, there we see an image of Richard, not like the sun or anything that endures, but his glory is a shooting star. Um, now in in Henry the Fourth, part one, we're going to see an image of a king as a comet. So again, it's something that doesn't last. Um, but the glory of Richard is a shooting star. Fall to the base earth, from the firmament, that's from the heavens. Thy sun sets weeping in the lowly west, witnessing storms to come, woe and unrest. Thy friends are fled to wait upon thy foes. And crossly to the good, all fortune goes. So uh, the sun is weeping as it sets. Um, Sun, again, it's an image of the king, but his sun is setting. And there's uh, storms to come, like um, a red red sky at night, I suppose. Um, Woe and unrest, thy thy friends are fled to wait upon those foes. And that's the courtiers to be that we heard before, like Northumberland. crossly. To thy good, all fortune goes. We've heard, uh, seen images of the cross before he exits. And that's the end of act two. Next time we'll pick up with act three. And until then, adieu.